Welcome to the Grow Through International Expansion podcast. I'm Oliver Dowson. Let me be your guide as to how businesses, all kinds of businesses, small and large, can grow, solve their business problems, increase their profits, and grow their value. In these podcasts, we talk to all sorts of interesting people that bring their skills, experience, and insights to all aspects of international expansion. I hope you like these podcasts. If you do, subscribe and keep listening every week. We love comments too. And do share and tell others and check out our resources on our growinternational.org website. Back in 1789, Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of the United States, coined a quote that's lived to this day. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. And nobody wants to pay more tax than they need to, right? We're always hearing about those big multinationals that make billions in profit, but have organised their affairs so that, quite legally, they pay little or no tax. And yet, strangely, a high proportion of small and medium businesses embarking on international expansion don't plan for it at all. Or at least, not until they're already up and running, by which time it may be too late to optimise their taxes. Similarly, staff who get posted abroad, new expats, uh, enthusiastically spend time thinking about their accommodation and benefits, but often don't plan their taxes. So in this podcast, I'm talking with Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy's an expert in international taxation, and through his company, the Esquire Group, he's been advising clients for over 15 years. He's based in Dubai, but works and travels across Europe, the Middle East and the Americas. So his job is truly global. Jimmy's work's been published by CNN, The Washington Post and Forbes. He's spoken at the United Nations and the American Chamber of Commerce. And today, we're privileged that he's talking with me. Remember, tax is certain. What's not certain is how much you have to pay. I think you'll find Jimmy's insights fascinating. Jimmy, welcome to the Growth Through International Expansion podcast. You describe yourself on LinkedIn as an international tax badass. Tell us more. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I have a really unique um, uh, international tax uh, viewpoint and also my experience. You know, most, most people who work in the international tax world are sort of single jurisdiction um, experts, right? Like they become a lawyer or a tax advisor, an accountant. Uh, in, in the United States or in Germany or wherever it is, and their office is there, they work there, and that's, those are sort of the laws that, that they specialize in. Um, and I kind of grew up a little bit differently. I grew up between uh, Europe and the United States. That's right. kind of how I live my, my life now. And uh, I've expanded my business from the United States uh, outwards. And I've never, one of the things that people always find interesting about me is I've never actually had a job. Uh, I'm one of the, one of the, uh, the foolish people that started my company straight out of school um, and, and have uh, built it up over the years. So I'm, I'm, I kind of, I have a unique um, perspective in that I'm, I really am a businessman. Like I've lived through this. I've built a company. I ha- I've run a multinational company uh, and I have a very good global overview. Uh, and a lot of the things, and thank you. And so I have uh, what I believe and what my clients tell me uh, is, is a very, um, I have a unique way of looking at things because they're not the textbook way. Uh, it's, it's more through a businessman's eye with, with an international tax knowledge. And I think that uh, that's what makes me an international tax badass. 
Right. And is that, have you always had the same company? You're not one of these serial entrepreneurs. You're just same in growth, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I started, uh, you know, I started Esquire, Esquire Group. You know, I had a couple of small companies um, that morphed into Esquire Group. Esquire Group was officially founded in 2005. Um, and, you know, I've always, one of the things I've seen with all my, with most of my clients is a lot of people become successful at one thing and then they get bored with it and they want to go do something else, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to do the something else and it fails. Um, right. And so I've always stuck with, with my same company and, and, and grown it and maybe added some ancillary services and stuff, but uh, not a serial entrepreneur. Um, I have a lot of respect for that because that's really what I did too, although I did actually work for a few people in my 20s before I um, started a business, but then I stuck with the same one for a long time. Um, and I, I'm getting a little tired of meeting 25-year-old serial entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, there's a there, there's a growing number of them around um, yeah. who are really sort of aiming to become the big net worth individuals that they're going to make fortune for in the future. There's lots of serial entrepreneurs. The trick is to be a successful serial entrepreneur. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I don't think there's so many of them around. Actually, the no. the successful names you know about have stuck it out with one for a length of time. So you work in you work both in the fields of corporate and of personal taxation, right? Yep, correct. Okay, can we start by talking about corporate taxation? Obviously, we're coming from um, the angle of international business, and I'd uh, really like to have your take on you know maybe for a start, what are the key taxation issues for companies setting up um, an operation in another country? I mean, I think some of the key taxation things that most companies need to look at when they're expanding into a new jurisdiction uh, is is a lot of people, a lot of companies forget that, you know, there's a lot of taxes other than corporate income tax, right? There's, there's payroll taxes. Some people have, you know, revenue tax. Some people have, um, you know, your VAT issues. You have all kinds of different taxes that need to be paid attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, first of all, when you're moving into a new jurisdiction, you need to evaluate like... uh, you know, A, what, you know, what's going to be more advantageous? Should I be setting up a branch? Should I be setting up a subsidiary? If it's a subsidiary, should that be, uh, you know, a corporation or a type of LLC or some type of other entity? Uh, what type of tax treaties exist between uh, my home country and the country in which I'm going to expand to? What are the taxes that exist there? Um, do I finance it with debt or with equity? Uh, and, and then sort of try to build the optimum uh strategy uh, to enter that market. Right. And it's actually, I guess, a really important decision to uh, make um, even before you actually open the business. Um, I know that uh, um, back in, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I started, uh, had to open a business in the States in short term. And uh, I was, you know, I, without really knowing anything about it, because I had to do it in a hurry, I started the C Corporation on the next 20 years were spent with people saying, why did you have that type of business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, that's, that's really very typical and it, and it really surprises me how many people uh, sort of jump into something without really thinking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or they only get advice in one country, you know, like, so for example, if you have like a UK business expanding into the U S 
they'll go hire somebody in the U.S. to give them advice, uh, but they don't bother to talk to their people in the U.K. to see how this foreign investment is going to impact, uh, you know, their tax situation and everything else in, in the U.K. And so right. you really need, you know, good advisors that either uh, are, are cross-jurisdictional, that understand both, uh, or you need, you know, a couple of good advisors that understand both jurisdictions and can work together Um because you can really accomplish great results uh, if it's planned properly. I'm sure, absolutely. Uh, and uh, given the very different rates of you know corporate taxation, never mind all the other sorts of taxes you were mentioning, um, there's obviously a big decision on where you actually go and what you do where. Yeah. Um, um, one of the things that always um, struck me as um, sort of very sort of almost creative accounting was um, the the element of uh, transfer pricing and how important that was. Yeah, absolutely, and that, that's a, that's another thing uh, you know that people don't pay pay attention to. You'd be surprised how many people uh, that I still come across looking for advice that you know think that they can put a, sh- a shell company in Panama and do all the trading through it and, and uh, you know, stash all the profits there and, and have that pass muster, you know, which, which it won't. And, you know, the transfer pricing is, is one of the, one of the big hot topics right now, you know? Uh, so, so making sure that everything's arm length, arm's length between related parties is, is, is also very, very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, uh, there's the still the sort of general dream, um, by entrepreneurs that, uh, they can sort of make their fortune by setting up in a tax haven. Um, certainly something that, uh, I, not a month goes by without someone saying to me, um, you know, I heard that if we could set up in Vanuatu, you know, it would you know, um, you know, which may save a fortune. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I always find funny is, you know, like when you're watching the, the when you're watching, um, you know, movies, they still have, you know, like people will say, oh, you know, send this to my account in, in my shell company in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. And you think, man, this, this something like that hasn't worked in a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I think it's because if you sort of look at the, look at media, um, the implication is that, you know, the Amazons and Starbucks of this world are all sort of um, making their fortune by sort of offshoring things to remote jurisdictions. Uh, I guess yeah. it works for them, but probably not for the smaller characters. Well, I mean, I mean, one of the, one of the big issues with structuring a business uh, these days is you really can't accomplish, you know, phenomenal uh, outcomes in terms of lowering taxes. Uh, the the issue is you got to have the money to afford it, mm-hmm. um, and so it's really it's really kind of become something that's reserved for you know the the really big companies because in order to make it work it takes a lot of sort of corporate infrastructure and personnel and things things like that and for for SMEs um, that's very tough to to achieve because of of the cost. Hmm. And I would guess the costs sort of outweigh any benefit that there'd be. Yeah, un- unfortunately, you know, sometimes uh, my advice has to tell people, you know, that the best option is to pay the tax. Um, uh, sometimes that's the cheapest option, you know. Well, they say that, you know, there are only three things certain, you know, life, death, and tax. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it's just the, I, I guess, there's, whereas, you know, life is a given, birth is a given, and death is, you know, an eventuality, you know. Yeah, there's always this dream you can do something about tax. You can make tax better. Um, yeah. 
wherever you happen to be. Um, so, but you know, that, that, that's company tax. What about um, personal tax? I see that sort of falling into several categories from an international perspective. Um, can we start with sort of um, whether businesses have to care about uh, tax related to staff that they hire in their overseas operation? Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a really, um, you know, big factor is that you have to look um, at, 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 you know, when you're going to hire staff in, in a certain country. I mean, one, you need to look at, again, who's going to be employing the staff. Is it going to be a, a subsidiary, a branch? Mm-hmm. What are the taxes involved? Uh, what are the social taxes involved? You know, like in Europe to cover the, 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 the social sure. system uh, with pensions and, and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, um, pensions and, and, and medical coverage. Uh, you have to look at, uh, you know, what's required in terms of bonuses. You have to look at what's required in terms of, of, of vacations, what that all is going to cost um, and budget that in and make sure that, uh, you know, you understand all the HR rules and everything in, in that country. Uh, and a lot of companies, you know, especially when they send people abroad, if it's a, a, a you know, a, a, into a jurisdiction that's uh, it has a higher tax cost than the home jurisdiction, a lot of times, you know, they need to offer the uh, the employee some sort of a tax equalization mm-hmm. um, uh, program so that uh, they don't wind up making less money than they did at home um, because of a higher tax rate in in the jurisdiction where they're going. So there's absolutely a lot of things to look into. So of course that I guess that you're really talking about expats, and um, that's another whole topic for how yep. that needs to actually work out and how to actually handle um, that because that's probably the one area that every um, entrepreneur I talk to setting up a business abroad, uh, if they're going to have expats, it's the one place they do think about tax because. It's, <laughs> People think about it. They say, they tend to talk about you know how much tax will my expat pay rather than uh, and what will I be liable for for that rather than thinking yeah. about their own corporate tax. Exactly. Mm. Um, and these are all things you you advise on Esquire, right? Yeah, I mean, so 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 we we, we I mean we can't we don't advise necessarily on like let's say the the employment tax laws of Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work mostly on the the structuring of, of the business, yeah. Um, and then we work with local partners in the relevant jurisdictions for the structure that we bring on board um, to to handle the jurisdiction specific matters. Um, so so we kind of I guess the best way to describe us is we sort of act act like the architect. Mm-hmm. We design the whole thing, and then we go hire the necessary talent to put it together. Uh, and what I think what we do that's a little bit different is we manage the whole process, right? So we compile all the information and then present it to the client with our recommendations. Mm-hmm. And then if the client wants to move forward, we help them with, with implementing it. Right. I like, I like the concept of calling it the architect. I mean, I've been working in uh, with my team in terms of international expansion of businesses and people say, well, you know, you can't know everything about a hundred countries. And of course, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, might have visited some of them, but or most of them, but uh, not necessarily know about them. But it's more a matter of knowing who they need to talk to in each place because you can never be an expert about everywhere. That's absolutely so, right. Yeah. Um, getting back to personal tax, though, one thing that I think uh, is of interest for business people setting up abroad is bearing in mind that because I think it probably varies by country, but when you're setting up a business or when you're running a business abroad, 
uh, it's quite possible that you'll actually spend quite a lot of time in another country and potentially you'll cross uh, the divide of being there on a business trip um, just providing sort of local oversight which you can probably get away with on a business visa almost anywhere um, to somewhere where you're actually providing what might be regarded as taxable work um, and that's where and people think okay I might need a different visa for doing that but I don't necessarily think about whether or not they're going to end up with a local tax liability but they do right yeah, I mean, so I think there's a couple different considerations here. I mean, I mean, one consideration is, uh, you know, a lot of countries um, have a rule if you spend more than 183 days in the country, you're taxed as a resident of that country, often on, on your worldwide income. So, you know, there's one consideration that, that has nothing to do with the type of visa that you have. Mm-hmm. It's purely on days, right? Like even if you're on a tourist visa, you spend over a certain amount of days, they can tax you as a resident. Mm-hmm. There's certain countries like Germany, for example, that say if you have an apartment available to you there, mm-hmm. uh, that they can treat you as a resident, right? right. Um, which a lot of business people do. So th- there's one consideration that you have to look at, like what's going to make me a resident in this country and taxable potentially on my worldwide income, regardless mm-hmm. of what type of visa that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next part is, you know, depending on the type of visa that I have, what type of tax liability could that subject me to? And then as you said, you know, if you're actually providing service from within that jurisdiction, uh, that could be considered, you know, taxable. The value that you create there could be considered taxable income um, and, and definitely needs to be looked at as well. One of the things that's often helpful with this is to see if there's a tax treaty between your home jurisdiction and the jurisdiction where you're uh, doing business. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times the tax treaties contain what's called a, a treaty tiebreaker provision. It kind of goes through these questions to determine really where your center of vital interests are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times that will, will alleviate you know, any sort of potential double residency. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, very interesting. Um, because I've, I've seen this, I've actually, you know, um, and been directly involved in looking at some of this with one country, um, some European countries, um, not Germany, um, and yeah. see the, yeah, see the way in which that could actually work. Um, so, you know, this is, these are all really interesting sort of food for thought of things that need to be considered. Um, there's really one more area I'd like to explore, which is back to personal tax um yeah. and this is personal tax for what i'm going to call high net worth individuals mm-hmm. um company directors i don't know how wealthy you have to be to be a high net worth individual um yeah but uh, and i guess that varies by things so, as well so, so high, high net worth so you have high net worth you have ultra high net worth right uh, high net worth is generally uh a net worth of a million to 30 million uh-huh. and ultra high net worth is generally 30 million plus Right. Dollars, right? Or pounds? Dollars, yeah. Dollars. dollars. Yeah. Okay. So if one one is it relevant for the, some of these people, but many of the, many of the um, business owners who listen to this podcast will probably fall into it, at least the lower category, the high net worth individual category, mm-hmm. if not the ultra high net worth. Um, but Richard Branson, if you're listening, um, it's great <laughs> to have you here. Um, so uh, <laughs> one can, can hope for a bigger exactly. audience. 
Um, but uh, I, I wonder whether it's valid um, talking to um, an international tax advisor like yourself, if you're involved in international business expansion, to actually thinking at it from the perspective of linking where you're a tax resident to your company expansion and actually uh, choosing to be in another country. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a lot of countries that, uh, you know, are sort of designing residency programs for just this purpose, right? Trying, trying to attract businesses and their founders um, to establish residency in, in their country and also to bring their companies along. Uh-huh. Um, as as sort of the the head to headquarter there and expand from there. You know, Cyprus is a notable one. Malta, uh, the UK with the non dom program, the UAE. I mean, there's there's a lot of countries that are offering these these residency programs uh, because you know one of the things is a lot of entrepreneurs um, founders they do a lot of traveling, right? So where, where their actual base is, how much time are they actually spending at home, right? And Mm -hmm. and where they consider home. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times if you're on the road for a substantial portion of the year, um, you can make your home, you have a lot of options where to make your home Mm -hmm. and, uh, you can get great tax benefits. You know I mean? Some countries, they don't even have a personal income tax. Others like the UK only tax you on, uh, you know, income you bring in to the UK or earn in the UK. Other countries say we only tax you on, you know, certain types of income. Um, so you can really uh, create a lot, you, a lot of tax savings by changing your residency. Mm. And I don't know if you've been following what's been happening with all of these substance laws um, no, recently. Well, so substance laws. So basically, the governments are passing laws that you can't have these uh, letterbox companies anymore, right? So what they're, what they're saying is, listen, you can't stash all your profits in Bermuda without actually having an operation in Bermuda. Like you need to have an office there. You need to have employees. You need to have sufficient staff there. And if you don't, we're basically going to call it tax evasion or aggressive tax planning. Mm-hmm. And we're going to disregard that as a company. So now you're seeing a lot of founders and stuff saying, okay, if we want to have a tax advantages, we need to move the company somewhere that has tax advantageous laws and we have to have substance, which usually requires the founder or directors or something to be there. And this is where the residency becomes very important because if the founder and the company go and you build a base there, you're meeting these substance requirements by living in a tax advantage jurisdiction and you can reap a lot of benefits. Right. Right. So they're going to have to start doing land reclamation around Bermuda to make the island big enough to, for all the businesses moving there, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I think one of the countries that's probably going to, going to benefit the most from this uh, is probably the UAE uh, because, you know, they have plenty of, of, of infrastructure. It's easy to get to, uh, yep. whereas the Caribbean is a little bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have no personal income tax. So. But it'll be interesting to watch how it unfolds. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's a very interesting world. And uh, you start thinking about taxation, it's, uh, it really sort of um, opens it up in a way that certainly I don't usually think about. And I suspect a lot of people um, who yep. listen to this don't usually think about. Um, Jimmy, it's fascinating talking to you. Um, I guess uh, our audience that are now thinking, oh, my God, my tax matters <laughs> need looking at can get in touch with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll put your um, link to your website and details onto the um, linked page on Growth Through International Expansion. So um, 
uh, if you're listening and you want to um, catch up with Jimmy, look at uh, HTTPS, growinternational.org, and check for this particular podcast and its accompanying article there. So, Jimmy, great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And good luck with saving tax around the world. Thanks. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation and this podcast. I really welcome your comments and also suggestions for future conversations. We post new content every week. So please do click on the subscribe button and follow this, the Growth Through International Expansion podcast. You can also find the transcript, other articles, and detailed resources relating to this episode on our website, growinternational.org. There, you can also join as a member for future updates and find all our other articles, videos, and podcasts, and benefit from other features, including free consultations and independent online advice. Again, that's www.growinternational.org. Until next time, this is Oliver Dowson, wishing you success and reminding you that international expansion may be easier than you may think. Mm-hmm.